Seems the current trend in LA is to bulldoze and bury history, as we have seen this almost occur last week with the Marilyn Monroe Brentwood home that almost went through a demolition process. But fortunately, with the help of our councilwoman, Tracy Park, there has been some process and quite some change. But unfortunately, there are other areas, in particular one that we're going to talk about today on this episode, and that is the historical 168-year-old Mexican restaurant La Colondrina, which is located off of Olvera Street in Little Mexico. And as of today, it looks like it is close to being sold and quite possibly erased from our history once again. Let's sit down with our friend Spooky Foodie Ansley as we hear about the updates and what is currently going to happen if the Gomez family who owns the restaurant can't find the help or the funds to help pay the lawyer's fee to help fight this fight against the city in order to save La Golondrina. Let's sit with Ansley as we learn more about what's happening, a little more about the history of the restaurant along with its haunted history and ways that you can help support the family, the Gomez family, in order to help save this wonderful piece of history and culture in Little Mexico here in downtown Los Angeles. Now, you know the drill. Usually we ask you to pretty much prepare our circle of salt, but we want you to grab your positive crystals, send out a positive intention to the Gomez family and to Olvera Street, because we don't even know if it's going to last even within the next year or two. But let's get Holly weird and learn more about the history and haunted history of La Colandrina and Olvera Street here in downtown Los Angeles, Little Mexico. Let's get Holly weird in Little Mexico, y'all. Hey friends, our Hollywood weirdos. We would usually say this message for outro, but we found it much more important to really fit this in for our intro because it is a call to action. In this episode, you will definitely hear about what's going on with this wonderful piece of historical property located in downtown Los Angeles off of the historical Olvera Street, which is Little Mexico. And there, there's so many amazing vendors and even old school old school restaurants and brick and mortars that have been there since the beginning of the birth of this beautiful city that we call LA. And Casa La Colandrina Cafe is one of those places that is crying out, not even yelling, but they're crying and begging for help because the city of Los Angeles is not doing that. And how can we love a city that doesn't love us back, but we can ask the people in it for that love and for that support. We have teamed up with Ansley of Spooky Foodie to do this episode just to send out a message to send out to our listeners. If you have one dollar, just one dollar, if you can at least send it to the Gomez family, the family that has been trying to fix and bring La Colondrina back to his feet so we can have those celebrations, that we can celebrate Dia de los Muertos, that we can have those dances on the rooftop and those amazing parties and of course those margaritas in this beautiful establishment. And they do have a GoFundMe page that I'm going to share with you right now. We're also going to link it to this episode. If you go to GoFundMe.com and in the search bar, please type in help us beat the city of Los Angeles and open that right there should tell you 
how dire the situation is with a label like that. Help us beat the city of Los Angeles and open. They just need $20,000 to cover the legal fees and costs to help them fight the lawsuit against the city of Los Angeles. They are very grateful for whatever donation you can. If you do not have a dollar, we understand if you can at least copy and paste and share this link that we're going to post to this episode, that is also doing some work as well. We can help bring back history. We can help keep it alive instead of having it turned into another Whole Foods, instead of having it turned into another Starbucks, because we don't need any more of those. We still need history because we need that history to tell the stories of those who are no longer here. And we don't want La Golondrina to be one of those places that will no longer be here. We want it to survive for a very, very long time. History in LA does not deserve to be bulldozed, nor does it deserve to be buried, but it deserves to stay and remain alive. We understand that Los Angeles itself is a city of ghosts, but this restaurant should not be a ghost of its own time. It should be a place where those ghosts tell those stories because La Colondrina also has a lot of haunted history and we could save those ghosts and this establishment, then we've done our jobs, right? We've done our jobs. And if you can at least try to help and just spread the word and share a buck or two, that would really help the Gomez family. But get this, when this restaurant opens again, because it will, because they will beat this, because they will fight a good fight and win and we will be putting this energy out there. We will be teaming up. Hollyweird Paranormal will be teaming up with Spooky Foodie and we'll coordinate one hell of a spooky evening at La Colandrina to talk about the history and the ghost stories and possibly do a little walking ghost tour and investigation at this location. We'll make this happen. But in order to make this happen, we have to raise the money to help this family out. So please, please, please donate what you can share and remember once more that history is like ghosts and they demand to be remembered. Okay, friends. Now let's get Holly weird. Los Angeles is a city filled with history stories and of course ghosts. And we've mentioned this time and time again. And if you ever want to learn more about the many histories and stories and even haunted history of the city, then I highly recommend that you at least try to set foot in Olvera Street while it's still there. There's more than just ghost stories and history. There's also story of food. And that food is definitely brought alive in one particular magnetic and beautiful restaurant, a very historical and close to being 200 year old restaurant. And that is La Colondrina Cafe. And when we talk about spirits and ghosts, we talk about one particular spirit, and that is Consuelo Castillo de Bonzo. Consuelo was known to be the spirit and still is known to be the spirit of Mexico and the Saint of Avera Street. And she made sure that the street was going to bring a ton of Mexican charm and culture for many of thousands of people that would visit it, whether it be in the 30s when the restaurant would open and her vision was to see it thrive within its time up until now. 
Consuelo was born in Mexico before her mother brought her, still a baby, to Los Angeles in 1899, and she grew up enamored of her Mexican heritage and determined to revive Mexican culture in an increasingly whitewashed Los Angeles. And according to an article in LA Weekly, in 1924, the enterprising Nabonzo, whose Italian husband had recently fallen ill, decided to open her first restaurant at 123 South Spring Street. She planned to serve traditional recipes passed down from her mother and others in the community. She also insisted on honoring her Mexican heritage and faced discrimination and skepticism as a result. According to a 1932 profile in the Times that quoted, she decided to open a Mexican restaurant where the city hall now stands and everyone advised her not to do it. Some urged her to call it a Spanish restaurant. The health department eyed her suspiciously. She couldn't even get a license at first, but operated under a temporary permit for authorities, believed her ventures couldn't last more than a month. But she showed them. She showed such a desire to have just the place the health department would approve that she aroused interest. And when she opened the restaurant, a big banner announced Mexican cooking. It was good because she did most of it herself. She had good crowds from the first. And so the first contemporary Mexican restaurant in Los Angeles was born. And when a few years later, the Monzo was forced to move due to the construction of the new city hall, she opened a new restaurant, which was called La Mission, which became enormously popular with both city officials and even film stars like Ramon Navarro. So it was no surprise that when socialite Christine Sterling began to lay out plans to transform Olvera Street, the site of the original Pueblo of Los Angeles into a romanticized living history replica of pre-OS Los Angeles. She went to her friend Debonzo for support, and Debonzo told the Times it looked like an impossible dream, but it was the first important effort to give Los Angeles and its visitors a new vision of Mexico and customs. I want to aid such a movement as that, whether it succeeded or not. And succeeded, it did. On April 19th of 1930, the Bonzo's new restaurant, La Colonrina Cafe, made its debut. Situated in the historic Pelanconi House, LA's first brick home circa 1855, the warm and inviting cafe served as the anchor of the new Olvera Street. A banquet was held with the Bonzo's mother offering the blessing, and the doors were thrown open to LA's social elite. And the very next day, Olvera Street was officially open to the public, and it soon became a big hit, along with La Colondrina. It was so charming, and what made it even more charming was the fact that the restaurant's hostess was Donzo, and it was an immediate hit. The Bonzo championed Mexican dancers, singers, and musicians and artists to perform at the restaurant. And this place was so poppin' that you even had Mexican superstar Dolores del Rio become a regular at this place. But it wasn't just La Colonrina that was actually getting a lot of the fame and notoriety in Olvera Street. You also had El Paseo Inn along with Cielito Lindo and Las Anitas that were opening and becoming another hit as well. And then by the 40s, you had Juanitas that also opened and became a hit. Okay, now that we have talked about all these amazing restaurants and food, let's serve some spirits with your meal, right? We're not talking about the ones that you sip and enjoy. We're talking about the ones that you're a little more 
fearful of, right? So Olvera Street is a street also known for its haunted history because we talked about this time and time again that, I mean, Los Angeles is a city that has layers upon layers of history. And according to a 1989 Los Angeles Times article, long before it became La Godondrina in Olvera Street, during the 1930s, the three-story building on that street was actually a brothel. And no doubt um, that brothel had a lot of painted ladies and gents that liked to party. And with that comes maybe some violence. It was also rumored that there were some deaths that occurred in that brothel and on that property that could result or have resulted in a haunting. So Olvera Street, along with its establishments, have their own little ghost stories. And there is one particular ghost that we'll get into with our interview with Ansley of Consuelo. She is definitely seen and felt around that restaurant and people have definitely seen her. And there's also stories of a black candle lady that roams around Olvera Street. And then you also have the 200-year-old Avila Adobe nearby, which is reputably inhabited by a female specter who dresses in white. So we definitely have another woman in white in this area right here off of Overa. But I will leave you with this one other ghost story. According to this 1989 LA Times article, one of our flamenco dancers, and they're referring to the dancers that would perform in La Colontrina, uh, one of the dancers was upstairs at the time and a whole rack of costumes fluttered as though there was a strong breeze, but there was no wind blowing. And even Devonzo would go on the record at the time when she was living, she would recall moments that she was asleep on the second floor of that restaurant because she at one point did have an apartment there on the second level that she would hear sounds at night out of nowhere. And a lot of these sounds were violent sounds. She even goes and states that she has witnessed the Black Candle Lady at times walking up and down Olvera Street. But we'll be able to hear more of these ghost stories when this restaurant comes back, if it ever comes back. According to a most recent Los Angeles Times article, La Colondrina closed its doors in March of 2020 due to the COVID pandemic, and owner Vivian Bonzo eventually sought to sell the business. And that's when David and Bertha Gomez, who worked in one of the colorful candy stands along Olvera Street, offered to take over the restaurant. So the couple began the process of transferring ownership of the business in September of 2021, which is when the Board of Commissions of El Pueblo de Los Angeles Historical Monument approved the agreement. But the Gomez's claimed that they were not informed of the commission's approval until February of 2022. And according to a lawsuit, they filed against the city earlier this year. However, in their lawsuit, the Gomez's argue that the city and a local labor union stall the process for transfer of ownership of the restaurant. The Gomez has also claimed that a major plumbing issue in the historic building, which the city argues is their responsibility, has prevented them from opening the business. And this has actually resulted in the Gomez's in facing eviction if they cannot pay in back rent, which is close to $250,000 and approximately $46,000 for common area maintenance fees. And this is where we're at with their legal dispute. And as of right now, they have lost out on at least 10 months of profit for the maintenance of repairs to the pipes and fees that are actually owed to their lawyer to help fight in this legal dispute. 
Now let's sit down with our friend Ansley of Spooky Foodie, who has been working with the Gomez's in order to help spread the word in hopes that we can help them raise the money in order to seek out legal fees to help pay for their attorney to help fight the city of Los Angeles during this pretty arduous time. She has also been sitting in the committee meetings and understanding what could be the possible fate of Olvera Street. And some of the planning is pretty bogus. Like you wouldn't believe what they're planning on doing to this area if we do not act fast. Now let's get Holly Weird with Spooky Foodie. Hey guys, welcome to Hollywood Paranormal Podcast. I am your host, Tammy Merhat Travis. Hello, I'm Bryce Mitchell Williams. And then we have another fan favorite, our friend, Spooky Foodie of LA, Ansley of Spooky Foodie. <laughs> Thank you so much for what is- being a part of this episode. What's up, guys? I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, love you guys. <laughs> I love you too. It's so good to see you. I know. Ansley is a podcast favorite. She's one of our favorites personally. And she's been having a very, very busy pre-Halloween. And it's just like blowing up for her ever since. She's also the ambassador of the Knott's Berry Forum Halloween extravaganza that's been going on. I mean, no one does Halloween like Universal and Knott's Berry and Disney. We got it all going on here in Los Angeles. And you're definitely a part of that, which is amazing. And you're also part of that ambassadorship with some of our friends, such as Mr. Spooky, Mitchell Ralston right there, and so many more. I think even the Gold Daddies are on there as well. And it's just like a great- I love them. Yeah, it's a wonderful team. And obviously they have you on their ambassadorship and you're doing a wonderful job and eating all the spooky food, of course. So- As you guys heard in the very beginning, we have a wonderful piece of historical property that is in a bit of a bind right now. It's in danger. And what uh, I mean, so far, it seems like no place in Los Angeles is safe, even if you're Marilyn Monroe, which fortunately there is some something going on, but it's not that same motion that's happening with Olvera Street. So unfortunately, we have some vendors that can't afford to stay afloat on Olvera Street, especially when it comes to one of the oldest restaurants here in Los Angeles, La Golondrina. And Ansley, you have been working with them. You've been trying to get their story out as many people have in the past, but you have actually been really trying to like figure out how we can save this piece of history, especially when it comes to this amazing restaurant where we've gotten, you know, some pretty amazing plates and glasses of great margaritas. Mm. And of course, maybe a ghost story or two, but also a wonderful slice of history. Can you tell us what's happening and what has been the outcome as of right now? Because you've also been sitting through some of the committee meetings in order to save Olvera. Yeah. So they're facing eviction right now. And they are suing the city of Los Angeles. So I'll get all into that. Um, So Lago Andrina got new owners right before COVID COVID hit. A couple of years went by and then they had no employees and they wanted to open up again. And the city of LA was like, well, you can't open up because you're plumbing. Like there's something wrong with your plumbing. Mm -hmm. And um, And they came to check it out. And there was nothing wrong with the plumbing and there's something that has to do with the main line and in their lease contract 
with the city of LA, it says that anything, any problem like that is LA's issue, not Lago Andrina's issue. Mm -hmm. So that's the lawsuit right now against LA is that like in this lease agreement, they didn't have to deal with any of that, but the city of LA is saying that they have to deal with that. And they're trying to evict them right now and they owe them tons of, they owe quote unquote, owe LA tons of money for neglecting the place when it's not even their problem. And they can't, they can't afford to open. They, they haven't had um, any, any employees. They couldn't, they haven't been able to open in general. They can't make this money to give to them. They just bought, you know, they just got the lease. So it's ridiculous. And they're trying to fight it, but the but the city of LA is like, no, we're going to evict you, um, which is crazy. This family has been on Olvera Street since the 1930s. The owner's son used to work in one of the candy shops, and it was his grandpa's candy shop, and then the uncle inherited it, and then you know he worked there. So he's been there for so long, and he's seen he's seen the neglect lately. Wow. In, Era Street in general. Rent is being raised. Things aren't being taken care of. Vendors aren't really passionate about it anymore because no one really cares and things are closing and that kills the traffic. And especially this huge restaurant, it's ginormous. It's one of the biggest pieces of real estate. Having that close is killing everyone. And um, with like when it comes to vendors and businesses, you can't own a business on there unless you're a part of Olvera Street already, unless your family has already owned it. So if no one else buy this, buys this spot, which no one can because the fee is outrageous towards the city of LA, this the restaurant's just going to be a ghost. And then what's next? You know, it's just going to keep going down the line, which is really scary to me. Really. And it's that thing where right before we started, where it's like, look, obviously this has turned in to like a save la real estate podcast and i'm very proud of that because i'm tired of this same story being replayed over and over we're just seeing this happen and it's so fast the city's moving so quickly these real estate developers are grabbing things up so quickly the greed in this city and look it's not just an la problem but this is where I live and this is where I see it. I know it's other places too, but we are watching it happen so quickly. And I'm just, frankly, I'm fucking tired of watching this same thing happen over and over and over again. And like one of the things that I love about you, Ingley, is that you're like, well, I'm not going to take this sitting down. Like we absolutely cannot just keep letting this happen to these places that we love. Like it's fucking ridiculous. It's terrible. I mean, we've seen this time and time again, especially before you know the so like social media blew up mm-hmm. you, it's, you know as i mentioned before with marilyn monroe's brentwood home i mean the outcry and the outpour of supporters on social media and also our council people especially like tracy park who like immediately went into action and that's wonderful but for the many homes and other establishments that didn't survive because you know no one stepped up or no one had that same passion it's or we just sad. didn't know. Like, yeah, we just, or like, yeah, we didn't know. Even like yeah. 10 years ago, we were not this connected. So it's just like, yeah, sorry, this is how it happens. Like, uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. People ask me, like, why are you so passionate about this? Like, why are you doing this? Like, why are you pushing mm. this so hard? Because, like, I see, like, the its future in front of my very eyes. It's like crumbling. And, like, there are families that have been there for almost a hundred years. Like that's a part of our history. Why are you trying to remove that? Like, why are you trying to take that away? 
this is so ridiculous. Like you can't touch Olvera Street. Yeah, LA protects it, but they protect the land. Like they're not protecting the vendors. And that is so disrespectful. Like, yeah. That just pisses me. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that's why I'm so passionate about it. I feel so bad for all these families. Yeah. Like it's heartbreaking to see. It really is, you know? especially for, you know, an establishment that's been there for, for so long. And I, I mean, every time I've gone there, I've seen so many families celebrate special occasions there. They feel at home. Like you really do feel at home when you go over there. And yeah. I see why you love that place very much. It's not just about the ghost stories, but it's also about, you know, the stories that are there. And those stories are constantly being demolished by the city, unfortunately. And it's about time like someone really needs to step up and speak up. And I know that you've been one of the voices online doing so. Um, you've also been a part of the committee meeting. Can you talk about um, about what's been going on, what you witnessed, what you heard? What are any you know updates in regards to any outcomes so far? Yeah. So I went to the meeting. I asked, I was like, do you need me to be there for support? They're like, yes, I went. I was the I was the only other person that was there with them to like speak up uh, when we got there. The meeting started and they immediately pushed the eviction, the talk of the eviction back. Like they were like, no, we're not doing this today. We're not talking about it today. And I was like, what? Like, why are we not talking about this today? It was scheduled. Like, why are they pushing this back? Like, this is so suspicious to me. What is going on? But um, the city attorney uh, said that we could all still go up and speak and say general comments. So I basically was, I, I said like a whole a whole thing, um, like a really emotional piece. But I was just like, we have enough Starbucks. Like, we have enough rooftop bars. We yes. have all like this, like, history can be gentrified. History can be innovated. Like, why are you trying to tear it down and take it away? It can still help your economy like as our generations go on we can like modernize it like we can make it newer but we don't have to kill it like what are you guys doing like what are you planning you know like and and that's the thing like when I talked to the owner when I was invited on Thursday he he had so many visions for the place he was like I want I want Olvera Street I want drinking to come back I want people to come here and have nightlife I want it to be like New Orleans where you walk down the street and there's music playing on our rooftop live music and and drinks and dancing like i want that part of olvera street back because it used to be like that back Early. in the day yeah it would be like full of nightlife and now it's just like you know which is great like people go there for field trips and stuff but then it closes by like four o'clock and there's nothing there but he sees like he has this whole vision for it which i like see so clearly yes. but the city of la doesn't want to listen yeah it, it, it's just like, like you're 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 like speechless because it's like this has been a part of our city for how long? And the city is not even loving me back. Like, are you serious? I don't know. And you and told us too, it. like there's other plans. There's some ridiculous plans that they want to put put into motion to kind of like, mm-hmm. uh, I guess in some way, liven up Oleta Street by taking away its, you know, culture by making something else in its place. Yeah, it's like, I, I'm really nervous because because they they own mm-hmm. they own the land, the restaurants are dying. Everything is dying. No one else can own the places. So when the city of LA, like when everything's gone, like the city of LA just has it. What are you going to do? You're just going to let it sit, mm-hmm. or are you going to gentrify it with something else and completely tear it down? Like we've seen this before. Like we know how LA is. Like it's I don't trust them anymore. It's I'm really disappointed. Yeah, it's hard because I think 
Look, I've, I've lasted on a rant as long as I can. <laughs> Go minutes, for it. <laughs> but yeah. the thing is, we're in this like political landscape where, you know, we're post COVID, mm-hmm. we're post the previous presidency. I'm really not trying to be super political, but it is yeah. like these things. Like the, for anyone who was following, the Karen Bass election was like, it was democracy on the line once again of like, Again, I hate that it's like it keeps coming down to like, okay, well, like if this person gets recalled and then like this person doesn't get elected to the governor, then like this person has to be replaced. And like all of a sudden we don't have a majority anymore. And like now democracy is in danger. Like I cannot deal with that up and down anymore. So it's just like disappointing thing where it's like, oh, my God, we did it. We got we got Karen Bass elected. She she's doing so many incredible things. And, and I'm not fully faulting her still only been her first year and yet here we are and you're like right but you're supposed to be like on our side we got you into office mm-hmm. we elected yep. the city council people and we have a midterm election coming up like next week like we you are supposed to be on our side and then here we are and nobody is it's like what the fuck have we been doing this whole time and i'm not to get political again but a part of the spite <laughs> is also with like the restaurant unions. Um, La Golandrina had like unionized um, employees um, before the new owners stepped in uh, for decades. But then COVID happened and there was nothing happening for a couple of years. And I guess like the contract ended. But then as soon as the union heard that the new owners came about and they were going to reopen, the union came and said, well, you have to hire all of us back. And like, this is the money that we need. And they're like, oh, um, like, sure, like we, we can, but like we need to see a list of the employees that want to come back. And they couldn't give them a list. So they were really suspicious. Like the union was demanding money from them, but there was no like previous employees that they could give out and say like, hey, like they want to come back. It was really suspicious. Mm. And Kevin DeLeon is on in on it too. Like that's a whole nother thing. And there's just a lot of weird political drama in it as well. And I think that's why it's getting pushed back. Like there's some there's something else. Like there's a lot of weird undertones in it. Mm. I could tell. Yeah. Like, it's just more than just like, oh, we, we just don't have the money. No, there's like a lot of like, there's a weird game of chess happening and, yep. you know, within the scenes right there. And it's it's a little scary um, because you even mentioned that there was like a real estate developer in this meeting, too, that was just kind of like in the crowd, just who's been yeah. lingering around this area for 10 years and has plans on turning it into like somewhat of a gondola-like structure to (laughs) to take people to the, I guess, the Dodger Stadium. And also what's nerve-wracking to me is that, you know, there are things that... So the manager of Olvera Street, I don't know their name. I don't even know who they are. But I heard these stories from you people. The manager of Olvera Street has some weird relationship with the city of LA. He tells things about Olvera Street to them and Olvera Street like trusts in him. Like, why are you telling them? Like, what is this weird relationship? Like, you're trying to be a mediator, but you're telling things to the city that the street doesn't want them to know. And like, it's really strange. Like, the person that's in charge of the whole thing, it the whole thing is like icky to me. Uh-huh. It's just weird. Well, it, it just they just have big flashy for sale signs on their forehead. Like, yep. Right, your committee has a real estate developer. Of course they're going to vote. <laughs> like, come on. Right? Like it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. 
And um, like, if you're gonna be a Disney villain, at least be an interesting one. Like, you're not even original. Like, God, at least like try and kill puppies or steal a mermaid's voice or something. Like, God damn, they're just so bad at it. I know. They're I not know. even trying to hide and it. it. They know. No, they're not. That's the worst part. They're not. They even just know. Trying. They don't have to. Yeah, it's been something that's been happening. Like, I mean, they've been in in a lot of like deep trouble since the early 2000s it's been a fight that i'm worried that they might even give up and just hand over the flag and the keys to the restaurant eventually which is really sad it's really sad because i um i was listening to the other people in there and their issues weren't with lago andrina but in the, in the committee meeting but they did say like this is a big piece of real estate like, we're losing all the tourism they're they're saying that out loud they're like we don't see as many tourists we're like it's empty like what's going on? Like, and they're really like scared. These are like families, like old families that are just like crying for help. And I walked out of the the meeting, and and there are these families like coming up to me and like hugging me and like saying thank you for coming. Like you're you're representing us really well. Like we need this. Like we need voices. Like this, our voices need to be heard, and they're not being heard. We appreciate you coming because it feels like. I think for them, it just feels like the families are always complaining and like try and stand up, but there's no one else there that's like with them. And that's what I'm trying to do is like get as many people involved with them to stand up against this mm -hmm. because I don't even think LA knows that, you know, I'm, I'm starting to do this and talking about it. And I don't think they ever thought anyone would, you know, they probably were just like, oh, it's just the families that are going to complain. Like no one else is really going to know what's going on. No, like I'm not letting that happen anymore. Well, and that's what they're counting on. It's like, oh, we'll just do this quickly. We'll just like get it swept under the rug. Yeah. No one will know. Uh-huh. You'll just drive by and be like, oh, that's sad. It used to be like this little cool place. And now it's like, I don't know, another Whole Foods or whatever it ends up being. Like, Because people here don't care. No. Like that's really the thing. Like, when things get gentrified, people don't care. They're like, whatever. No. But like we should care. Like we should take care of things because what's going to be left? You know, locals are leaving. Like, there's nothing for the locals here to do or to appreciate anymore. It's all going to be, I mean, I'm a transplant, but I can say, like, it's going to be all these transplants who, who don't care, who want flashy yeah. things. And that's not how it should be. Yeah. Exactly. It makes you wonder what's going to happen to Chinatown and what's going to happen to little Tokyo eventually, you know, even though there's, there's a great big deal of support there. You just never know anymore because, you know, like you it's said, when you have the city doesn't. Yeah, the, the city just doesn't care. It's all about money and real estate. And it just seems like, you know, history and everything else gets bulldozed and buried, which is really, really sad. You know, I've learned from making my own content that history can be innovative. Like, I've helped businesses that have been there for almost 100 years get a new crowd of people in because they love the new ghost stories. They didn't know who was there. Like, really? All these different things. Yes. They're not realizing, like, it helps the economy and people really want to learn about history and cool things. They just don't know what's there. Yeah. People think that's cool, you know? So, yeah. And I can speak from like my experience. I've been here for, like, again, I'm a transplant, but I've been here for almost 13, yeah, 13 years now. And like when you first move here, there's just this idea in your head of like, what you're supposed to do in LA and it is it's very homogenized it's like going out and it's the same club and it's the same people and it's celebrity chasing 
and it's nightclubs and that's fine i'm not trying to shame anybody that's doing that for me that was a very disingenuous experience and then you just start i started just burning out it's exhausting and then you start doing things that are like actually enjoyable to you whatever that manifests as it actually doesn't matter but you start finding things the city has so much to offer beyond the surface of like the golden globes or the oscars and it's Mm -hmm. just like until you kind of and again that's me speaking as someone who's not been here that long but long enough to realize like oh yeah i don't want it to be like how hollywood boulevard is all over the city like it's not sustainable it's not fun like it, we just cannot watch as our city gets turned into like a caricature of itself right yeah i wonder what they're gonna do with the pico house i mean is that another demolition project too you know that's another oh. one that's been a sitting duck as well The so that's the thing is like someone wrote it in an article um they said, like, Longo and Drina, if this doesn't get fixed, it's going to just be like Pico House, just sitting there. Yeah. Nothing to do. Yeah. Nothing I mean, because because that's what I noticed, too. Every time I, I drive past it, I'm like, God, what are they going to do? What are they going to do with the house? I, I was even told there was a rumor that they were even going to turn it into condominiums. Oh my god! It's like, oh great, more unaffordable housing. Let's mm-hmm. just fill it up with more unaffordable housing for mm-hmm. foreigners to come in, swipe it up, just so we could sit empty. Like a lot of the places here that you know tends to be that way, and it's it's really sad. Yeah, that is just nothing but high rises. As we mentioned before, like that's pretty much the big project of um, Sunset Boulevard. It's just going to be a boulevard of. Um, high rises and I was watching this TikTok the other day how all these businesses are just completely gone um, yeah these are, yeah, they're just gone they're just it's nothing but for like lease signs for sale signs and these are places that have been there since like the 60s and 70s even while I was living there they were thriving and now all of a sudden it's like nope they're they're done like it's just a bit of a ghost town and unfortunately you know that's how it is in certain places in downtown Los Angeles and um, I mean, look at what's going on with, um, you know, with the Cecil at one point, it was going to be yep. turned into an upscale hotel at, at some point as well. And I don't even know what is the up the of that. I know that they have turned it into a majority of it into Section 8 housing. Yeah. But I don't know if that other plan, I think turning half of it into an upscale hotel for, you know, young, hip working, you know, professionals. Um, yeah. I think at Alexandria Hotel, too. Oh, Andrew right. Hotel. Yeah. Well, the low income housing. And from what I've heard from businesses, like, I don't know your opinion about low income housing. Like, you know, I'm all about like people being able to afford a place to live. But um, what I've heard from businesses on that street, like, really, really cool bars, is that, you know, since Alexandria turned into low income housing, the whole street is killed. The whole street's dead. No one wants to go. Like, wow. that's it. You know, like, these businesses are all hurting because of it. And, I don't know. Um, it, yeah. it it sucks. It's it's happening everywhere. Downtown LA is just like it's it's crap right now. It truly is. When I, like I don't go down there that often. Probably like every couple weeks or so. I do. I feel every time it's like a ghost town that I do not recognize. What is going on? Mm-hmm. So as of right yeah. now, I'm looking. Um, the Gomez's. I, I believe it's the Gomez's, right? That are the family. It's the family behind the Golondrina. Um, yes. They 
they are still facing they are facing the eviction um, due to two hundred and forty two thousand dollars in back rent and approximately forty six thousand for a common area maintenance fee, which does not include interest charges, according to their documents. And um, I believe, too, they also provided a ninety thousand dollar estimate to the city according to more documents to help with the repairs. But it doesn't seem like, yeah, like you said, it's just, you know, nothing is, nothing's moving. Nothing seems like it's, there's no support for this area specifically for this restaurant, which is really, really sad. Um, Ansley, I mean, is there, are there websites or um, any sort of GoFundMes that we should know about for our listeners who want to help spread the word or also help donate to help save this piece of history? So all I need is $20,000. I know it sounds like a lot of money, but you know, when I post my video and it does its thing, you know, my videos sometimes get 20, 30, 50,000 views. If one person just donated a dollar, this mm-hmm. would be because the, the, the $20,000 is going towards their attorney's fees. If the attorney can fight this lawsuit then we won't have they can just open they don't owe all that money if we just you know invest in their attorney fees they can fight for this and and make sure that you know la takes this takes this money away from like they don't yeah they don't need to pay all of that it's like not even their fault like as i said before the lease agreement states like they don't have this is not their problem it's the city's problem with the plumbing or the pipes and all that kind of stuff it's not theirs wow only twenty thousand just to help with the with just the lawyers' fees and and everything. It seems like it would just like kind of kickstart everything else for them. Um, that is so yeah. true. If only one person out of those views, like every single person that viewed it, can donate a dollar. I mean, that's all it could take. Bryce, how pretty are your feet for an OnlyFans? Like, or, uh, I'll you know, finder. I watched a toddler today, and he counted <laughs> all ten of my toes <laughs> twice. So, <laughs> hey up, boys. <laughs> I'm Eight sure we eat them. Paint those bad boys. That's right. These tetsies <laughs> are here for justice. No, at a toe uh, ring, yeah. that's an extra incentive. That is the thing. Like, look, ultimately, we're all here to, like, and we are still going to, like, I, we're here for the joy that these communities bring and the ghost stories and the spooks and the food and the drinks. Like, all of those are why we're actually here. Mm-hmm. But, like, we don't get to just partake in the good like we also have to be here through the thin and so like that's i get it like you know we all come from different places and have different experiences and like i also sometimes kind of roll my eyes when like george clooney gets up and he's like talking about the oscars and how progressive they are because like only white men are getting nominated like i roll my eyes too but like we have a platform we have people who are gracious enough to spend their time listening to us we are responsible to not just participate in these communities when they are doing well. We also have to be there for them when they need help. Like, I can't feel more strongly about that than I do. Yeah, I said that in one of my videos. I was like, if you're a food creator in LA, you should be talking about this. You're the only one I could, I found talking about it. That's the saddest part. Like, that, you know, that's <laughs> another issue. Like, there's people commenting on my TikTok tagging other food creators and they're not saying anything yeah. and so it's so upsetting to me like showing true colors and like 
thank you, you know, to you guys like for doing this, you know, because it, it's sad that there's no one talking about it. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, (laughs) it's so hard because I get it. Like sometimes it feels like you're just being inundated all the time. And it's like, we just did the episode about the Maryland house. Now here we are again. But like, that's what we have to do. Like that is the task is to make sure that like people know about it and that they cannot look away because that is what the real estate developers want most of all, but everyone in power. Like, again, I'm honestly swear to God, not trying to just like constantly be ranting. But they succeed and win when we don't pay attention. And like, it's easier. It is easier to not speak out, to just let another fucking parking lot go in. Like, it is. It's a lot easier. But like, what kind of world are we living in if that's what we let ourselves do? I just... Like, we're a part of history. What are we living for then if the things that we create in a hundred years are going to go away. Like we have to respect the people that have been here way before us. Yes. Exactly. Because if I see another little like social media creator who did nothing in the first place, go to this place and gloat about it after everything is said and done, after it's been saved and they didn't lift a finger, I want to be pissed. Yeah. Because I started seeing that with the Marilyn Monroe house. Like I'm like, all these creators showed up and I'm like, but you do a call to you action. Doing <laughs> like, oh, now all of a sudden it benefits you that it's saved now. Now it benefits yeah. you. And it's it, that's not how it yeah. should be. You weren't there when I baked the bread and now you want to fuck the bread. <laughs> I know. Like, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> the little red hen. No. No. I just found the GoFundMe, guys. If you just type in the search on GoFundMe.com. It's um, Casa La Colondrina Cafe. It's ran by David Gomez. They're trying to raise $20,000. And out of the $20,000, they have only reached to 536 Only seven donors. It will be, you know, 10 pretty soon because we're going to make a donation as well from our fund. And um, we're definitely going to share it on our Instagram and social medias as well. And also, you know, Facebook and so on and so forth. So if you guys can just go on there and even share it donate a dollar a little goes a long way then that would really help these people out help save a piece of history so next time you go there if it does open again it will let's put that energy out there and you sit there with your phone recording your little margarita while telling a ghost story connected to this which we'll get to soon think twice about that you know just just remember like this is what they need help for. You know, they need to stay open for those things to happen eventually. But it's yeah. And and one more thing, like the you know the money isn't going to waste because they have an extremely strong case. Like extremely yeah. strong. Like they're very confident. Like they just need the money to do it. And, you know, he walked me through the whole restaurant, and he just he has so many visions, and it's like beautiful to see. Like I want, I want and just so he can just play with it because it's so magical having someone who's been there for decades already like knowing the street and knowing what it needs like he needs the opportunity to innovate it because i know yeah. the other places will and then we'll continue to innovate the history there which yes. is beautiful it is truly i love what you said kind of at the beginning like you can modernize history like no one is arguing that it shouldn't evolve no one is arguing that it shouldn't adapt 
if if they were just saying like no you can't make any changes like that's a separate conversation but they're willing and wanting to work they're willing and wanting to open like this is the time mm-hmm. right and you know like the young kids of the families that own these businesses like i understand if they don't want to sit there like on a boring street like you know doing the same old thing like but they should be able to do so and and be able to innovate their own little vendors. And then that's how it goes. Like it's generational. Yeah. It doesn't have to race to be cool. Yeah. Ansley, so you are, I mean, you've developed a really good relationship with the family of this restaurant. And not only do you know them, but you also know the history and the haunted history mm-hmm. of this cafe. So it's not just a piece of history that we we're also trying to save. It's also a piece of haunted history too that serves as a remembrance that kind of echoes to all of us that enter there and have an experience, a shared experience. Um, what have what are the ghost stories connected to this cafe that we should know about? And had you experienced anything there while visiting and shooting from that cafe? Um, so La Consuela is like the grandmother. She's like the one, she's like the OG of the restaurant. She's <laughs> a part <laughs> She's the OG, okay? She used to live above the restaurant and we went up there into the office and you could still see like where the old bathroom was, like where her bedroom would have been, where her kitchen would have been. Now it's like a break room and, you know, offices now. But she had her own little house up there. She lived up there for a very long time until she passed. And, you know, past employees have said that they've seen her walking around in a white dress um, in that area, like in the break room. Um, I... Mr. Gomez, David, the guy that owns it now, he's a skeptic of ghosts. So when I asked him, he was like, if she was here, I would have seen her already. But I don't think he's like very open to that. But yeah, I have right. to say that. No, there are skeptics and that's okay. But that doesn't mean that she's not there. Um, you know, I'm a sensitive and I did feel, I felt something there. And when I walk on Olvera Street, even when I went into the committee room, like I just felt like eyes on me. Like, just all these people that have lived and died and worked there like yes. there's so much energy on the street as a whole and like yes. i just feel energy of like help us and i'm not just like saying that like to be dramatic like i'm actually saying that like when i step foot there like i'm very emotional and i'm very like you know mad about what's happening and like very passionate about it and like i still feel it now like whenever i talk about it like i don't know why i'm this passionate i just feel like there's ancestors like underneath that ground that are like pushing us to do better and to like fight for them Mm -hmm. you know like so strong there you could you can feel it everywhere but definitely in the restaurant la consuela is chilling up there (laughs) i don't i don't think she wants her her home to be gone either no no absolutely not i mean if something were to be built over there you'll feel her wrath and la chancla you know, it's like, yeah. not like <laughs> can you imagine? You don't want to put My head hurts. Like someone threw a chunkla at it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll touch a I'll touch a Ouija Ouija board before <laughs> I like face a chunkla. Like on God. No, thank you. On God. No. But um also another cool thing actually, um, there is a fireplace in there from the fifteen hundreds. Oh my god. That the fifteen hundreds. That old. It's just, it's ginormous. It's huge stone fireplace. It's beautiful. I'm sure there's some energy attached to that as well. Someone handmade that. It is gorgeous. Wow. It's like, 
it's so breathtaking to see things like you don't see things like that you anymore. Don't. And it's just L.A. at a restaurant. Not in L.A. especially. But you think that that yeah. area would be recognized as a cultural and historical monument, that it would be untouchable, right? Like, y- you would think that. Um, well, yeah, it's quote untouchable. That's what they want you to think. But you got to see, like, what's going on and how they're treating the people who are actually working there. Uh, and you see a different story. You see a different side. I'm wondering if we could get that cafe to be recognized as that. Like, who's the council person that can make that happen? Like, do we need to right. send another email to Tracy Park? <laughs> like, Tracy? Right? <laughs> I need Tracy right now. Yeah, we're going to have as, like, a designated site. I want to try to contact our friend. Yeah, contact our friend at uh, Rest in Peace Los Angeles to see if he knows anything. Because, you know, that, that would be a really interesting thing to figure out. If there can be a motion where, you know, maybe something can start where it could be recognized as such and yeah. then it wouldn't be it would yeah. be touchable oh that'd be really cool to I know don't understand it's work people i don't i don't understand why it's all about the money there like mm-hmm. you got to fix the pipes anyway they're like 100 200 year old pipes oh right? that's the story them. of you know? the city's life and streets every time yeah. i drive around there's construction because the pipes dating back to like the 1900s bursted <laughs> they haven't that's the thing is they're gonna yeah, have to touch them no matter what and you know that these like real estate developers aren't gonna pay for it so no, it's like not. you're choosing you're choosing the way of villainy like why it's like just, you're protecting the thing aren't you you're protecting it so why are you doing this it's just uh... <laughs> but it's not just uh la colandrina that is also also has a you know, quite a few ghost stories. It seems like Olvera Street too mm-hmm. has some ghost stories and other businesses around there too. Do you know of any other places that have some haunted history attached to their establishment? Yeah, um, the Avila Adobe, like the oldest house in Los Angeles. Oh like hell yeah! There's one room in there that they there's like a ghost. I I I think a ghost of a woman is in mm-hmm. there as well. <gasps> Obviously, like Pico House has a lot of stories and. um Actually, the fire, the firehouse that's there used to be a saloon, like a saloon and bar back in the day. And there's some crazy energy there, too, of like, you know, saloon women and and men like people have seen shadows there as well. Shadows, honestly, shadow figures are like the biggest part. Like they see shadow figures all over the street. Oh, yeah. Especially in in the in the Pico house, you know, Senor Pio Pico is still roaming around there trying to start a party like he did in the past. Yeah. People have claimed to see his apparition there. And I think Ghost Adventures did an episode there a long time ago as well. Well, there truly is such an energy there. It is. Like like you're saying, yeah, now it's a lot of like tours and school kids and things like that. But like there's just there's just something palpable about the history of that place that just bleeds through every corner of that street. And like a street that celebrates Dia de los Muertos super hard. Like they go hard. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's everywhere. Like, and they, they love it. Like, that's a part of them. You know, they don't view it as scary. You know, they, they view it as like powerful and magical and like what, what keeps it going. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I might be wrong, but I was looking here if that the Los Angeles Chinese massacre of 1871, I think, occurred around there as well. I think that that was, yeah, it was close <laughs> to one of the areas. So, I mean, I mean, there's so much that has gone around there and it's just, God, I would hate to see this place go. I mean, it'd be turned into like 
a man-made riverbed filled with gondolas to take you to the Los Angeles Doctor Stadium, yeah. which I'm just like mind blown about this plan. Which if you're we have the Venetian in Vegas, like I don't understand. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, and you know the street. If you look at like the the property, the property is very big. And they could do a lot with it, like from mm. Pico House all the way until the end of Olvera Street. Like that's a ginormous property to do whatever you want with, right in front of Union Station. Right, it's super accessible. It's super central. Like, mm-hmm. if you guys want We're to all help, yeah, <laughs> follow Ansley of Spooky Foodie. I believe she still has her videos up along with the information for the GoFundMe. We're also going to be posting the GoFundMe links on our social media. Um, along with other pieces of information to follow through with what's happening with this area. And hopefully, you know, we get to see it for a very, very long time. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Hopefully someone out there can get some wheels mo- in motion, a council person, someone that can help. Ansley, I mean, where can people find you to follow you and follow your stories and your updates in regards to La Colandrina and Olvera Street? Um, I'll be posting a lot more videos on my Instagram, which is Spooky Foodie, and my TikTok, which is Spooky Foodie as well. I'm having a new video coming up um, about my time there uh, nice. last week and talking about how to help and, and the story of the owners and everything. Perfect. Perfect. Well, guys, you heard it there first. Follow Spooky Foodie. Yeah. Click on the links. Please help donate. This family just needs $20,000. I know like for some people that doesn't sound like a lot of money. For others, it does, but it really would really help them out, especially during this time, because you never know, history will definitely be wiped away from this area. And it's just going to be more freaking like Orange Theories, gyms and Starbucks and high rises that people can't afford to live in. Yeah, obviously. Thank you so much, Ansley, for being a part Mm. of this little mini so so we could get the word out, sharing a couple. (laughs) Yes, sharing a couple of ghost stories. And for participating in these meetings, um, do you know if there's another meeting in the future that a lot of us can possibly participate in with you? They have meetings weekly, but he doesn't know when their topic is going to come up. But when he does, I will post about it and he will definitely be posted. I'll let you all know, too. Yeah, yeah. please. Just keep following me and I, I, yeah. will, I will post it. <laughs> yeah. I want to get a whole group there. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yes. Hell yeah. Hell yes, indeed. All right, guys. So be sure to follow Ansley, her stories, and also follow the link once more. I know I keep on repeating myself, but this is so important. Mm-hmm. And thank you so much for tuning into our little mini suit episode. Next week, we'll be sitting down with Tim Roddy of the Tim Roddy podcast to talk about haunted Los Angeles and more haunted history, of course, attached to this city that now has this major major trend of racing yeah. history the city's gonna be well it's already a ghost but i think it's gonna be a bigger ghost if like this is the outcome of a, a lot of things which is really really sad yeah. all right bryce do you have anything else you'd like to say to any of our listeners look normally i just say bye here but <laughs> i also say stop racing history yeah so say bye, bye guys and take care and stay Hollywood. weird.